It's the Pikey and Lout Show, Talking Taipans. Chris Pike and Alex Loughton come to you with everything that is 100% Taipans. Let's go. It's Talking Taipans. Hello and welcome. We're here for another episode of the Pikey and Lout Show. And guess what that means, Lows? We've made it to six. Made it to six, mate. Uh, ne- never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Now you had a massive weekend, and so did the Cairns Taipans. So we're we're here talking Taipans, obviously. Obviously, so we're a bit more upbeat than we were seven days ago, where we were hopeful this time last week of a good performance against the Brisbane Bullets, and and boy, didn't the Taipans deliver! I think that was on par, probably, with the win over in Perth against the Wildcats, just because it was a, a four quarter effort. It was a much needed win. It was against a, a team that was pretty desperate in their own right in the Brisbane Bullets, and it was in front of the home fans as well. I thought, as much as you were enjoying your day and your night there as well, <laughs> I think that I think there was a lot to like from the, what the Taipans put put out there on the court. There was, certainly was a lot to celebrate in the day for all lousy. <laughs> Um, and I, I managed to retain my uh, funky shirt for the game, uh, so I didn't have time to change, which uh, people said they could see it from the other side of the court, which is good. Um, <laughs> all going to plan. But yeah, 40 minutes, just what you said. They played for 40 minutes, all four quarters they delivered. Uh, and honestly, I was probably expecting more of a fight from Bullets given their situation. You know, that they, they're just their fifth place, just out of the playoffs coming into that game. So, uh, But on a down would sort of trend based on commentary around their team and everything. I was expecting a, a lot closer game. I predicted the the type ends in two by in overtime, but it was a blowout. So uh, double digits. So yeah, congrats to the the boys, and um, hopefully they can tap into the blueprint of what happened in that game. And I think it's something along the lines of every single quarter to a man, you got to bring the juice. Uh, and once that quarter or that that segment is done put it put it away and then focus on the next uh, five minute block in front of you so um, yeah just uh, a great win for the, the team a much needed one to to get retribution from the week before um, but uh, yeah hopefully they can build or, or harness that that energy for this uh, Perth Wildcats game uh, Saturday yeah and that's exactly what you talked about on the show last week there's another thing we talked about on the show last week which I'll touch on in a little while as well which I'm not sure if, if Mike tuned into to us or if he might just be on the same wavelength as us but there were some things oh you know it's the first it's the first thing that gets played in the office uh, <laughs> next day after we, we uh, air the show mate you, well, you know that well uh, I hope so I hope so um, now before we dissect that win a bit further Laos there's some things we need to get out of the way first of all um, sure now you talked last week you told us you had your, your beer festival at work and you did a great job organising it because it looked like it was a great success and by the time you got to the game it certainly looked like you had, in, had enjoyed your game and, and I think I'll, tr- I'll I think I'll trigger pull to Swift one he could have chosen to interview you any week this season but he chose I think he chose Saturday night especially because he knew what sort of state you were going to be in oh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what you're talking about Did you, are you saying that I was a little <laughs> bit more excited than normal or I was just you, a happy you, camper or was you seemed especially happy many, you seemed especially a few happy brewskis <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was an awesome event. We had sort of three thousand through the doors at Hemingway, so um, you know to go from that to the game uh, was pretty cool. And then I could just relax a bit. I was kind of on the clock uh, back at work. Was doing a bit of filming as well. But uh, yeah, nice to sit in the box at Cairns Turtle Physio uh, and uh, get the front court, uh, front side seats, court side seats to DJ Newbel's throwdown. I was right under the bucket. Uh, it got me out of my chair and down to the barrier, Pikey. I must admit, it was uh, it was certainly 
certainly a, certainly a big one. Uh, so, yeah, awesome, awesome night. Very nice of Tom to offer you a courtside seat. Is that your first chance to sit courtside at a game as a spectator? Um, I I say it is. Um, yeah, no, it, it would be. So no, it was cool. I, I obviously I felt like I was just gonna jump on the run on the floor, high five the guys, and just kind of bring the huddle in and just you know continue about my merry way. I was like, oh no, hang on a minute, I'm not allowed past this big digital screen. <laughs> so uh, no, it was great to just enjoy the game and, and have a few brewskis uh, watching the contest. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Now, before we talk more about the game itself and DJ's dunk and, and everything else, um, I want to get your very quick thoughts on some other things happening around the league because it seems, or around and around basketball in the country, because it seems to be there seems to be a, a couple of a couple a couple of big talking points. Firstly, well, speaking of the Brisbane Bullets, their coach Andre Lamanis, it looks like he's now been replaced as the Boomers coach ahead of the Olympics by Brett Brown. Um, he played under under Andre, obviously with the Boomers. Are you surprised by that? Do you think it's the right move, the wrong move? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think it's probably one of the first times we've had uh, a coach go away and come back in terms of Brett Brown if this uh, does eventuate, which it looks like it is. But I think the key thing around it is he um, Brett Brown would have relationships built into probably one of the biggest superstars going around, which is the big reason why um, maybe he's he's the one that believed that um, is believed to be able to to be able to steer this star-studded lineup and have uh, egos in check, and you know he's he's done it so well on, a, on an NBA level so uh, in terms of someone with pedigree like you, and it's no disrespect to Lamanis but it's just that Brett Brown is at the top of his game uh, and right now where the, the boomers are poised they need someone uh, given that he's available it just it, it does make sense that uh, you know Brett Brown would be able to steer this team uh, to Tokyo um, and you talk about egos in check I, I think Lamanis is a pretty sort of like relax sort of way uh, you know an environment for his his teams when he won the three-peat in New Zealand um, I think he really relies on his leaders on his stars like CJ uh, Bruton he really um, sort of uh, you know led, led the floor in terms of keeping guys accountable I think Dre is more of a, a relaxed sort of coach where he says well um, you know we've just got to keep some people happy and, and you guys keep playing hard that kind of thing uh, but the environment allows for the superstar veterans to really control the team Um, and if you don't have the right mix then you know sometimes it can sort of backfire a bit and perhaps you know in Brisbane Bullets uh, there's not as strong-willed enough um, guys that can really take over the reins like a a CJ Bruton that is playing now CJ's coaching of course but it's a totally different ball game now you put Brett Brown in the mix who has clout with the big dogs you have um, you know he's able to um, really lead the the individual players um, and they all look up to him I think that's the biggest key um, um, you know, I'd say Bogut has a lot of respect for Brett Brown. I'm, I'm not talking from uh, any kind of not inside knowledge or anything. I, I would assume it sounds to me like that would be the case. I'd say the fact that he he knows Ben Simmons um, very well, obviously, is uh, probably the biggest factor. And I think there would be a lot of buy-in from, um, you know, Paddy Mills and, and all the other players that have sort of been reported at having a little bit of a clash with, with Dre at times. So I think this is the right move. I think this is a... a, a 
an extremely exciting proposition. It's most likely going to come into fruition and, um, you know, it sets the stage for an unreal sort of couple years in the build-up to uh, what could potentially be the boomer's best uh, campaign ever. Now, the other big talking point has been over the last week, the New Zealand Breakers. If you go back, you know, to the time when Lamanis was coaching them and even even more recently when Dean Vickerman coached them to their last championship. they I think they were the most respected club in the league in terms of the culture they'd built, the way they had gone about their business and the success they had had on and off the court. I think it's fair to say that's all been thrown out the water in the last 12 to 18 months and, and this last week to have two players arrested, one of them which was no surprise if you have a look at Glenn Rice Jr.'s history. So the fact that he comes in in the first place is probably a big question mark when I'm not sure any other club would have gone, gone near him no matter how talented he was and then to have have your owner and your general manager also also fined and suspended at the same time what do you make of what's happened at the at the New Zealand Breakers well two things come with a player with a rap sheet one a discount because he's available <laughs> yeah. so therefore you know uh, he's probably um, you know got a, a huge amount of um, upside in terms of his playing ability but if you if teams don't want you and you're available then you're coming in at a discount so so money came into it they're like sweet we get this player of this caliber or oh, we'll manage the risk um, you know and and we've done a bit of that before at the type ends in terms of, of getting a, a young player that's kind of a, a risk um, you know we'll see what happens he's not proven yet sort of thing Thing, um, which is sort of the, uh, it's a little a little bit similar in vain, but uh, it's also a little bit different. Think Scotty Wilbekin, you know, before his his prime, he had a bit of a rap sheet coming out of college. Uh, so teams, NBA teams, weren't prepared to go for him. So mm-hmm. we got him, um, you know, at a discount rate, and then after the season, his stock quick quickly went up. Um, Culture wise, though, they so the three peat was um, right when I came back from Spain, um, and our 2010 Taipans grand finalist um, lost to New Zealand Breakers, and that was the start of their their three peat. Um, their facilities at practice was unreal. They had all of their um, you know team sort of a culture or plastered on the walls every 24 seconds you know where you know where um team we're together we're tight and that was the theme every 24 seconds boom every 20 and had this kind of heartbeat graphic you know it was plastered all over their practice uh court they had two courts uh, sort of you know in an industrial area and um they really fitted out well so you go into new zealand for you know for a game and you get to shoot around at the training facility you're like wow the you know this is this is pretty impressive like really impressive so, I mean, Andre Lomanis would have um, been uh, right behind all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, just really with the right players, the right mix, uh, instant instant buy-in once they started rolling. And um, it just amplified into this, um, you know, really impressive uh, performance over, over a three-year patch, uh, which set the stage for uh, Dre to be a Boomer's coach. So um, he certainly, he certainly uh, got into a deep groove. Um, and culture-wise, I think a, a big, a big part of that was uh, obviously CJ Bruden. I think Kirk Penny was there that year um, trying to think exactly – I mean, Paul Hanari, Paul Hanari was the, the captain for that grand final win to start their three-peat in 2010. So I think he's a big factor as well. Mika Vakona obviously thrown in there with Boucher. Um, you know, they're, they're your veteran leaders right there that would have carried the culture and the message. Um, and everyone else had to fall in line because of their three or four veteran uh, stars. So you take that out, you go do an NBA model where it's just 
purely based on performance. And um, I think, you know, Matt Walsh has been in teams that's really been about the NBA model. And, you know, he's played in, in upper level Europe, up, um, NBA as well. So um, he probably hasn't had the kind of team culture uh, type NBL sort of thing where you've, you've really got to batten down the hatches and you live in each other's pockets and you've got to get it got to get it done from a from all your off-court cultural standpoints most of those teams are probably just hired guns um to to get a job done so um you know this put together a squad and basically yeah it's it's sort of um it's, it's a bit crumbly the foundation's not really doesn't seem to be laid that that well but the coach obviously came in fairly late as well so he hasn't had he hasn't had a full preseason um, to really, you know, put in everything that he would want to do. So, that, so well, their entire yeah. coaching staff has never been had an involvement in the NBL before. Now that they, now that they lost Mike Fitchett on the eve of the season, as we talked about earlier, when he came back from their NBA trip. So they have a whole coaching staff that's never been involved in the NBL before. Yeah, well, it's a, I mean, it's a huge. You, you try and minimise risk at all different levels. Like you change a coach, that's a huge sort of risk. You change your core group, that's a huge risk. You, you change. Um, you know your superstars that's a huge risk so if you compound multiple risks into one big thing you end up with a bowl of soup and um, you know it's, right now it's it's uh, seeming like it's it's all kind of uh, fallen down a bit like that so yeah it's, it's disappointing I guess that you know followers of the breakers and past teammates of mine over there um, you know you just sort of go man it must be pretty pretty tough right now yeah and I was interested to get your thoughts because I think you've built a reputation so Certainly in the back half of your career has been somebody that could set the culture for a club and you built that reputation within the Taipans and then when you played State League basketball as well, you would try to instill those culture traits in the clubs that you played for as well. So that's why I thought it would be interesting to get your thoughts on how important the culture is. And, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, even though we're a Taipan show, hopefully people enjoyed having getting your thoughts on that. It's a, it's everything because you got if you don't have buy-in, then you're stuffed. Like if, if you don't set the tone and actually put some things in place, put some principles in place and actually put some behaviours in place that, um, that is unexpected acceptable to deviate from, then you, you're going to give people um, rope to kind of go off and do what they want. And so what you end up with is is no one on the same page and you, you end up, you know, losing games, you know, by narrow margins and it turns into, you know, a bad season. Now, I, I think we had, we've had good culture even last year, but we weren't able to win. We were close in a lot of games, but I'd never say the culture would appear to have dipped to like uh, what it appears to be in New Zealand right now so you know it, it's not going to guarantee you wins every season but it, it's got to be there as a foundation because when you do get the right mix of imports or the right players um, then it all of a sudden it elevates from that it springboards from that and um, you end up with you know a, a three-peat like New Zealand had for the, those years and you know what Perth Wildcats is able to do every year they they have a good foundation but they're also you know able to afford um, you know the most expensive imports every year so you know they, they have to have their culture in place um, and then the, the right imports is just based on a, a money thing they, they're able to afford ones that can perform absolutely and you probably don't have the fluctuations either where based on talent you might be able to get lucky one year and win a championship just on having more talent than everybody else but it's just not sustainable whereas if you've got the culture right you'll always be competitive always be around the mark and it's just a matter of you know sometimes you might get lucky to win a title when things click, but you're always going to be a respected and sort of 
consistent outfit where and that that's what you've built with the Taipans. You've always been competitive, always been respected in the whole ten years that, that you've been been in Cairns and that's, that's just I think it has to be your foundation like you, like you mentioned. Well you reduce you reduce the risk. Like I said, there's those there's different facets, right? So if you keep your core year in, year out, um, you reduce the risk of having to, you know, worry about and service it every year. So if it's a set and forget core, let's take the twenty fourteen fifteen season, Wilburkin and Tory Craig were our imports, right? So your core group, uh, we had Cam Trigar, Matt Burston, myself, um, you know, Stevie Way we're, we're all sitting there um, going, look, we know how each other plays. We know how each other moves. Uh, we, we're all bought into the team culture, you know, from from what we set, it, what we set up each, each sort of year. And even that year was more so because Jody Maguire came on board that year. But then all of a sudden with a core group and the same sort of coach so so we know what we're getting from the coach we know what we're getting from the core now the only risk really comes into play is did we get the right imports and we did so you know if you if you change your coach that's going to be a risk but if you keep the core then you then you limit um, that little uh, facet as well so but if you change the coach change the imports which invariably happens most years um, and then you change the core as well then that's a trifecta of you know yeah and almost an insurmountable uh, challenge to to get on top of or get right in to get right straight away now people are here to hear us talk about the Taipans Lao so let's keep moving Saturday night it was a like we talked about the start it was a terrific performance a gutsy move as well I think from the coaching staff to start Nate Jawai and Cam Oliver together we talked about it on the show last week we talked about how they have the potential to dominate if they play t- together and they, they were tremendous together I thought both of them gave gave outstanding service but also full credit to Majuk Deng for handling his I don't want to call it a demotion but he handled becoming the sixth man very very well and he still found a way to have a good game coming off the bench so suddenly between the three big guys you've got them all playing great basketball and then you've got Kawat Noi who had hit the best game of his life but he also started on fire so the Taipans went 16-3 to and, and Kawat was a huge part of that I just think from the moment they went up 16-3 to and a lot of it was on the back of Kawat and also the decision to start the two big fellas I don't think they were at the top end ever looked like they were going to lose well I don't think you'll find that the minutes change between the bigs um, maybe just a rearrangement so you know you know uh, you get over the um, sort of the starting thing and I mean that's conversation for another day because I, I would struggle I, I've struggled with that before going from starter to coming off the bench so you're right it is um, um, you know it's called buy-in Deng's come off the bench with a good attitude that's that's buying into the the team um, so it's really commendable but um, I mean Nate that Brisbane chose not to double Nate they took their chances by not doubling uh, which was interesting and Nate um, drew fouls and got to the free throw line converted at about 85% which is which is perfect that's all you need to do if if they're fouling and the shots don't go in it might look like he didn't shoot a good percentage but he was living at the free throw line so he was getting it done Cam Oliver able to dominate the four uh, based on Nate being able to uh, body up on the five um, so it ended up being a really good match Kuat Noi uh, man he was uh, really impressive with his energy uh, hitting a few shots helps of course but um, 10 boards as well active very active so and the other thing I saw Pikey was uh, a lot more variation in the defenses they were throwing Brisbane off a bit uh, not letting them get into rhythm so it'll be man uh, man on man D for a bit then they go to a press and they go back to the man they, they really mixed it up 
Um, so I thought that was uh, that was a noticeable change uh, from Coach Kelly as well, and I thought that worked well. He kind of kept them on um, on the back foot, so they were on their toes. Kept Brisbane on the back foot. They just couldn't get a rhythm, and even. Uh, Dre said in the post-game press conference, he just felt like the guys got stagnant. They didn't quite get in a groove. So, um, you know, credit to, to Mike Kelly. He won that battle. So many contributors as well. I, there was there was nine guys that played at least 10 minutes and everyone that hit the court all, all played their part. If you have a look at Jared Kenny, I thought his experience out there was, was really important. I thought I thought even Krislovich had some some good minutes. He, he got another nice dunk as well on a on a beautiful pass when he found himself open on a, on a cut. He's, he's making a bit of a habit of that. You know, Mirko Jaric only had the three three points on two shots, but he still looked dangerous out there based on the Bullets knew what he'd done the week before, so they, they couldn't afford to. To, to stand off him, so they had to guard him tight as well. And then you had all five starters have, having good games. It was it was great to see so many of the of the team stand up and and make a make a really good contribution. Well, Chris Levick only dunks the ball or makes three pointers. <laughs> he's uh, he's a high gun. He's uh, he's been really good finishing. Um, you know, in in the Marlins season, that's carried over as well to the NBL season as well. Now, I do have some good news for you, Pikey. I got some good news. So, um, when Jared Kenny was waiting to get sub into the game, he was just doing a few stretches down the end. Just at the moment, Lousy was heading back to his seat. Mm. So, got out the measuring tape oh, and um, thirteen centimeters on the mullet. Tape. Uh, wow. Impressive, wow. thirteen centimeters. It curls up a bit, but it's a good thirteen centimeters. So we'll keep. We'll, Pikey and Lowes will keep track of uh, the the mullet length, and we'll, we'll keep the the fans updated as uh, as this thing continues to grow. Well, uh, yeah. But yes, he certainly um, sort of steadied the ship. Um, Did he handle that okay? The, Is he on board with with, with the joke? Mate, the the sides are shaved and the, the tails the tails maintained. <laughs> so I mean, from my books, that's that's what, that's buying into team culture, Pikey. Yeah. That's buying into the team. There was some... Keeping the mullet and keeping the keeping the vibe strong. Um, it was, so, it was yeah, in no, full flight he's... as well. It was in full flight on Saturday, and there were some great photos that. And on, if you have a look at our social media pages, I put one of them up across the weekend, mm. and it, it, was, it, it yeah. caught it beautifully with the the, t- oh. the tail wagging at the, at the back. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, feathered and lethal. Yeah. It's a combination that's um, you know hard to hard to keep going these days. But he certainly pulled it off. But uh, you know, look, great to see the the numbers um, all throughout the the the, uh, the bench there as well. So important, very important. Thirteen turnovers, Pikey. Uh, sorry, six turnovers. Way below my thirteen um, limit. Bullets had 13 turnovers, but yeah, they really looked after the ball. Doesn't that make a big difference, um, you know, down the stretch when you know that, you know, everyone's everyone's been pretty tidy with the rock um, to, to limit to only six turnovers. That's, uh, you know, when a coach looks at that, just goes, oh, this is exciting. Mm. You know, he looks at the stat sheet, oh, look at this, six turnovers. Uh, we can we can crack open a red wine tonight <laughs> and just enjoy, just enjoy looking at that single digit mm. number. Yeah, and you got your point guard, Scotty Machado, nine assists, one turnover. That's an, that's an incredible ratio given the amount of time. He spends with the ball in his hands, and also the pressure that the opposition puts on him. That's that's a that's a great figure figure for him. If he can keep a ratio anywhere near that, he's going to be even more important than he has been. But speaking of importance, the co-captain. We've spoken about Nate a fair bit, but let's let's speak about the other co-captain, DJ Newbel. That dunk that he delivered was quite spectacular. What was it like close up, mate? It was uh, it was sensational. We we saw him uh, get the steal. One dribble, if you please. Yep. So the steal, one dribble. So he was, the steal was behind half court, right? Yep. So the steal happens behind half court, taps it out in front, one dribble, then he's on the rim. 
Now that's it. That's bloody NBA kind of uh, footwork, mm-hmm. and it wasn't a travel either. No. So he pushed the ball way out. You know, only needed the one drill, elevated off the left, threw it down with the right. Toby came in from the side, thinking he's going to contest. Mid-flight, had to abort, <laughs> had to had to get out. Of, you know, couldn't couldn't get out of the way. Collected DJ from probably the, the chest down, and DJ threw it down. And uh, you know, I'll I'll let the interview uh, unfold as mm. uh, DJ explains a lot more. But should we cross to the interview now with DJ? One more thing, quickly. With about ten sure. seconds to go, he had his clock cleaned as well by by Taylor Braun. Did you get a good look at? That? No. Um, was that the end of the yeah. game? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I had my camera out ready to record celebrations and then I quickly whipped back to what was going on. I, I might have missed the actual uh, jab, but uh, obviously... Taylor Braun, um, you know, reprimanded today yeah. or, or earlier on with the with the seven hundred and fifty dollar fine and the the was it a suspension as well? It's a seven hundred and fifty dollar fine if he accepts early charge. If he if he decides to challenge it, then I think it's a, a one game suspension if he's unsuccessful. So you'd think you'd take, take just, the fine. Uh, it's just too late. I mean, like I expected fight back in the second quarter. <laughs> it was far too I, late. Know, yeah. At the end of the game, it's all done. I think that's it's what surprised. Over, I think that's what surprised DJ. Like DJ was thinking, what are you doing this now for? Well, and he did the right thing. He you know, he didn't engage, and I think um, you know the the club's right behind DJ. But I mean, it's just too late. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, but stand up earlier on and get your guys going so you get some benefit out of it. At the end of the game, it's just it's all just yeah. done. Sorry. Now you caught up with DJ. What can we look forward to? Mate, I'll, I'll let it roll straight away. It's a uh, it's a it's a great one. Uh, enjoy this conversation with the captain of the Cairns Taipans, DJ Newball. Cairns Regional Council have just approved a zone for a new town in the city area. It's called Newbillville, and i got the mayor on the line now. Now, DJ, it was a great game for the full 40 minutes. You must have been pretty happy with uh, the performance of the boys on Saturday. <laughs> that was a great intro. You like that? I've been a part of Yeah, I like that one. But yeah, the game on Saturday was definitely great to be a part of. Um, I'm sure from a fan standpoint, it was great. We had a lot of highlights. Um, we were just locked in for 40 minutes, and we got the job done. Look, that talk about the highlight. Uh, that dunk. Oh, 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 man. <laughs> DJ with the one-hand throwdown off the left on Nathan Sobey. Um, I've seen you get upstairs last year, and you've uh, you've got up there already this year. But that one, that one was sweet. That one was special. Yeah, man, it was, uh, it, was it was a momentum play. Um, you know, I just I cheated to pass the lane. Um, I got the steal. I really didn't think uh, he was going to jump. He wasn't going to contest. Yeah, that doesn't let me go. But then he just jumped, and I was like already focused on dunking it. Well, he, he uh, got halfway up, and then he had to abort, abort, <laughs> and then. But yeah. but but, but uh, you, you carefully laid him to rest, <laughs> and then and then the stare down, and the little defensive slide crab uh, step whilst uh, getting back on uh, on D. So uh, that <laughs> did you see anyone in the front row get excited by any chance? Uh, uh, yeah, it was. Uh... An old teammate of mine, ex-captain. Oh, yeah? Um, was in the crowd. I thought he was going to come down and record and give me five. I, I, <laughs> didn't make it that far. I, I nearly did. Uh, I was held back. I was held back. I was held back. 
But, uh, mate, uh, plenty in the game. Uh, obviously, in that, that fourth quarter, I believe Taylor Braun just got uh, fined today for unduly rough play and fined $750. It was almost a bit too little too late. I'm assuming it was the end of the fourth quarter when that little tussle happened. Um, were you aware of, of that um, incident being uh, reprimanded today? Um, I heard about it after practice. Yeah. Um, so coach, um, um, he was telling me that um, Mark wanted to want us to know that they have our backs no matter what. Um, then they're not going to allow any type of you know extra rough play like that, um, especially when the game is already over. Yeah. There's no need for them to yeah, exactly. you know, try to make a play like that yeah. um, with, with the circumstances in the game, especially with. You know, one, 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 of, one of our starter, starter players. Um, so, yep. you know, it's just, it's just cleaning up the game. You know, it was unfortunate that he got, um, you know, fined or suspended. But I think, um, you know, when you're playing like that and just unaware of um, the situation, it's just, it's, just, it's just not smart. And now, I was always one to think that in training, it's good that players get a bit chippy, that – um, you know, the, the, you can you can have fights at training. You can have high intensity at training if um, you know if the players kind of go at it a bit more. Now, I understand it's obviously a bit chippy at training last week. Do you think that helps prepare for a game when you know season's kind of on the line every game? But do you think that kind of training really prepares the team well? I mean, um, it, it, it depends. You know, uh, we have a group that. We don't take what happens on the court off the court. Right. But we have those practices where everyone's going out and competing. Um, and that's a good thing because that means our team is competing and we're passionate and emotional about the game. Um, but once we leave the court, you know, we're all talking about, you know, whatever, you know, our lives, um, NBA games, NFL games, whatever's going on, you know, we're, we're the best of friends off the court. So, you know, it's definitely a good balance with our team with, you know, having that cheapness on the court but also understanding that nothing is personal. We're all here for the same goal. So back to banter once you hit the locker room. That's that's pretty good. That's how I, that's how I remember it. And that I mean it, it makes it fun too. Like you you, you compete on the between the white lines, uh, but then uh, you know you got to do it again every day anyway. So you're going to be living in each other's pockets. So it's good to get back to banter once you hit the locker room. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, the uh, awesome performance of uh, Kuat Noi. Obviously a big rookie, young fella, twenty points, ten rebounds. You must have been happy as a captain to see one of the young youngsters. Uh, play a really good game. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, um, he, he's one of those guys. He comes in every day. He works hard. He has a. I mean, you can see him. His energy is is, is unmatched out there. So for us to see him have success, um, the way he's had um, throughout the season is definitely good. Especially me because um, he's my roommate on the road. Yep. So yep. We, we spend a lot of time with each other. You know, to have, have he, he goes time. and gets your coffee. Does he? Does he? <laughs> you got a list of things that he has to. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, DJ, 15.3 points a game average. Um, you're really leading the squad. And, and those games that you guys have been in there uh, only to come up short, you've had a big contributions as well. Um, Perth Wildcats in this weekend, obviously uh, a massive win in Perth. They're going to come in firing. They could be without Terrico White or most likely without Terrico White with that injury. But still, uh, you know, Perth Wildcats is dangerous. Uh, how excited are you for this game? I'm really 
excited, man. Anytime you can go up against the uh, the reigning champs, the defending champs, um, it's always it's always a great opportunity um, for us guys to go out there and just compete and um, play against um, a well-coached team with a, a really together group. Um, so I'm, I definitely can't wait, man. It's, it's just, you know, I can't really put it in the words, man. I'm just, just pumped up to go out there and play. DJ Newell, thanks for joining me on the podcast and look forward to a, a big performance on Saturday. Uh, no problem. Thanks. Anytime. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Statton's Plumbing Company. Plumbers who care. Okay, Lowes, great chat there with DJ Newball, the Taipans co-captain. He had a terrific game on Saturday night as well and fantastic for him to give up some time to, to have a chat to us here for the Pikey and Lowes Show. Yeah, big big thanks to DJ Newbill, uh, Mayor of Newbillville. Now, he's averaging 15 <laughs> a game. Um, you know, big numbers for the, the Taipans. I think that's up a bit from, from last year. But even the games that the Taipans have been close, he's been a big contributing factor. So, really impressive numbers, and as well as having the captaincy role, probably a lot on his shoulders, as well as Nate's. But, uh, you know, they, they sort of uh, spoke about how, the you know, the, the game unfolded last week and obviously... Um, the, the blueprint, I guess, really putting in four good quarters and not, not allowing those lapses uh, and everyone to a man doing their role, sort of expanding outside of their limit, their capabilities, I guess. Um, you know, so it's, uh, yeah, certainly process for the captains and, and DJ's really done well this year and, um, you know, looking forward for, for more success uh, in the season. Are you enjoying the chance to be on the, being the interviewer to some of these former teammates of yours? Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. It's funny uh, when I worked at the the radio station. Uh, it, even though it's AM radio, John McKenzie mm-hmm. uh, is the classic uh, interview guy. So I was just I was watching how he how he works, and um, yeah, I, I thought he really does a great job on the radio in terms of just drawing information out. So it's mm. a bit of an art to it. So I guess I'm learning along the way. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit of fun. Did a great job. Looking forward to more of it as we as we keep rolling. But let's keep moving because we've got another huge Saturday night to look forward to. Back at the Cairns Convention Centre for the third straight week, the Perth Wildcats are coming to town. The Taipans beat them by 23 points, biggest ever winning at RAC Arena in Perth earlier in the season. How can the Taipans replicate that performance? Obviously, Wildcats possibly without Terrico White uh, with an yeah. injury, but we never know. Sometimes Trevor Gleeson loved to play media games, mm-hmm. um, and no one would know that more so than Jamie O'Loughlin. So he'll be yeah. uh, all on top of where Terrico White will be at. Um, but uh, they come in as a grudge match. They come in, we allow the Taipans to... Get, give us our biggest deficit on our home floor there's no way that we're going to come in light-hearted uh, so expect a full force uh, attack from the wildcats um you know you've got to limit got to limit cotton obviously he's the the linchpin you know the coach will probably say look let's let someone else beat us let let you know, let some of the other players uh, basically have the open shots. Bryce Cotton gets nothing easy, and if uh, one of the bench players goes for forty, then we'll live with that. Like that's kind of usually been the the mindset uh, when you end up with a team of such a big superstar and then a team of good core players. So look, I'm expecting a I'm expecting a barn burner. I think this is going to be um, a, a massive clash, crucial for the Taipans to hold hold serve. Mm. Um, and Wildcats have been a little bit. A uh, little bit shaky or, or lucky in some of their, their wins, but they're still second place and doing very yeah. well. So, you know, obviously credit to how they go about their business uh, year in, year out, let alone game in, game out this season. A couple of things that stood out from that game in Perth was that 
the Taipans were so efficient with everything they did offensively. So you probably can't rely on shooting the ball as well as they did that night every every single single time. I think, you know, from memory, Cam Oliver and Majuk Ding especially were just unstoppable from from three and so was so was Scotty Machado. The other thing was that they, they got out-rebounded really badly and I think the Wildcats had 20-something offensive rebounds. Is that something that you just can't afford to let happen again? Oh, 100%. Um, you you got to learn from that Melbourne United game where they got out-rebounded uh, and also from the Illawarra Hawks game where they got yeah. out-rebounded. And it's an energy thing. It's just an effort thing and a concentration thing. Um, so, you know, I think practices have been a bit chippy. Practices have been focusing on probably a rebounding. It's a skill. It, it really is a skill. It's a footwork skill. And it's like a, like all skills, you need, to, you need to practice it, even though you think, do we actually have to practice rebounding? Like it's a rebound war drill it's a pain in the you know behind but you just got to do it at training otherwise um you know players aren't conditioned to concentrate to hold your man off and we're not the tallest team going around um so you know you've got to use your, your footwork and use your body strength but yeah certainly when they've caught fire the type ends it's been an easier game where the where the real um sign of real maturity from a team comes is is if you're not shooting well how do you grind out a win uh, and they haven't shown the maturity to be able to grind out those tough wins yet. But I'd like to see that 40 minutes of concentration uh, or breaking it down into those smaller chunks and to a man um, bringing the juice for each of those five-minute segments. So if they can if they can keep the focus small and on the process uh, per quarter, um, and one of those process goals will be uh, find your pox out and, and get the mm. job done at least uh, 90%. We used to have a 90% successful box out rate. Um, mm-hmm. So that involved the assistant coaches statting when a player did not box out correctly uh, and then you know they came to you at the end of the game and said look there was you had 25 box out opportunities and you only got 20 of them done so uh, you only got a box out rate of 80 percent so it's not good enough yeah it, it comes down to all those little details i'm willing to bet lennon smart's got that job this season what do you think i think he's got the clipboard out ready yeah. to go um, now, of course, it's a double header as well for the Taipans this weekend. Finish, finish up on Saturday night, jump on the plane to Sydney and then on the bus down to Wollongong on Sunday, get ready for the Illawarra Hawks who have already beaten the Taipans twice this season and they're going to be fresh. It's, it's, it's tough when you play a team that's, that's fully fresh when you, you would have played less than 48 hours earlier and have had the travel in between. A win changes everything. You get the yeah. win on um, Saturday night, then you go down to Illawarra full of confidence and having just you know had real positive experience you know a couple nights before sometimes that carries on into a nice little double header uh you know golden uh double win type opportunity so um the flip side is if you lose um then you go down thinking man we really got to win now and then all your all your efforts going into thinking must win must win when it's really you got to restrain yourself and say no we're going to focus on our uh, boring individual quarter by quarter goals uh breaking down the game again so Mike will will keep them in check in terms of you know the the energy levels and things like that and and what they're focusing on. Um, so yeah, hopefully um, you, you lock and load with a with a great effort on Saturday, and then you you go down for I'm not going to say a free swing down in Illawarra because now you need road wins. Um, yeah. You need five out of nine road wins to finish yeah. the season. Yeah, obviously they could go one on one, but the difference between going. 2 and 0 this weekend and improving to 5 and 6 or going 0 and 2 and being 3 and 8 is pretty pretty massive. This could be a season defining two games. 
I think every game right now is a season-defining yeah. critical junction. Um, you know, it's, there's just no room for error. Um, three was it three wins, three and seven, three and six, three and six. Um, Three and six right now. Um, you know, you've already dropped two games at home. It gets tough. If you drop one more game at home, it gets real tough. You've got to win six out of nine on the road or something like that. So, um, you know, nonetheless, you still have to win in, in Illawarra. Bottom team, New Zealand or, or Illawarra, you've got to collect a win. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it, it just it's too tough. Well, what do you got for us tip-wise? Against the Wildcats, uh, without Terrico White, I'm pitching that the Taipans will be able to get it done by seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, six, six. Six? Six points, yeah. And then so on Monday night? Well, Monday night, they they got to they gotta get moving. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a tight game, so it's the tight ends by two on Monday night. There we go. Let's hope that happens because suddenly five and six and, and the tight ends are well and truly in that fight for fourth spot. I think, I think it looks like it's going to be a battle between everybody else for that fourth spot because Sydney, Perth and Melbourne look, look like they're pulling away. So suddenly the tight ends could be right back in the hunt. So let's hope well, that I th- happens. I think, yeah, I think Logjam is 16 wins yeah. still. I think 17, like I mentioned before, gets, yeah. you, gets you a pretty good sniff at fourth place. So, uh, yeah, those those top three teams are starting to run away. Uh, Phoenix are back in the pack now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, every, every game, every, every chance you have, just to edge away from from the the scrap from the mm. from the log jam uh, would be handy. Very quickly, let's touch on the other games this round as well. Gets underway Friday night. Brisbane Bullets they're struggling a little bit as we saw last week. They're four and five. They're in fifth spot. They host the Adelaide Thirty Sixes who are just behind. They're four and five as well. So this is another game between two of those teams that are fighting for that fourth spot. Look, I think Randall's pretty hard to stop, and I think mm. um, you know Joey's going to have them in a pretty good position. I'm not sure if Glidden's um, status is if he's back yeah, with that sure. back injury. I'd, I'd say doubtful, um, but I don't think the Bullets have it together right now. I think Adelaide pounce them, uh, get them by eight. Then on Saturday, the the curtain raiser before the the big one in in Cairns, Southeast Melbourne. They they've lost a couple now. They they're back to five and four, and they they get to have another game in Melbourne as well. So they've still only left Melbourne once in their first ten games, but they host the Sydney Kings. So I think they're they're up against it. They've certainly um, come, not crashing down, but they've come down to reality in terms yeah. of the, the dream start. I think it comes down to now um, what's their foundation, what's their, what's their culture. They're, they're having meetings and things like that. Hey, guys, maybe we should, maybe we should chat about this uh, culture thing now. Yeah. I'm sure they've done it at the start of the season, but this is the part where you have to go back to um, you know, what, you, what you base your whole uh, team around and, and what, do you, what do you value, what, what are your behaviors that, that are acceptable. So um, I think... I think Sydney will get the job done down there by uh, oh, what's it going to be? I think they've got to get it done by double digits. I think yeah. they'll, they'll win by ten. Then on Sunday, it's tough for the Brisbane Bullets. They they come off their game on Friday, travel down to Melbourne to play a hot Melbourne United team who will be fresh and also on a five game winning streak. I think Melbourne United by twelve. Last one, Adelaide, they're backing up as well, so they head straight back back home. They host the New Zealand Breakers, and who knows what you're going, what you're going to get from them. I think um, Adelaide will be will be okay at home, and they will get it done by, oh, I think this will be another 12-point win as well. This episode of the Pikey and Lowes Show is proudly brought to you by Cairns Total Physio. Less pain, more life. And Staten's Plumbing Company, plumbers who care. There we go, Laos. It's been a 
been a big show. There was plenty to talk about from a Taipan's point of view, and best part of that was it was all good news. Not so much good news from some of the other things we talked about, but there was plenty of hot NBL topics that we we covered on the Pikey and Lau show this week. Let's look forward to Saturday night against the Wildcats. Let's let's, let's hope for another big performance. Um, we've got through another show. What can you leave us with? Mate, it's time for the Taipans to tame the cats and set their season up for an epic showdown for this middle middle stretch. So can the Taipans get the job done at home and uh, let's go for two and two uh, with the win in Illawarra as well.